Remember, remember, guys, Pastor said, don't get quiet in those moments where you, where you should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. See, if you get quiet in those moments, then you start communicating maybe there's struggle. I already know there's some struggle, so. I know I'm at the right church. At the right time. For the right people. With the right word. I already know that. So, so it's all good. If you can't talk back, I'll help you. Just about every person in this room deals with or has dealt with or is dealing with right now this subject matter or this topic we're going to talk about today. And the word of God has the power to give us a relevant word for any matter that we may face in our lives. However, oftentimes the church gets very silent on these matters. And when the church gets silent on matters that we have to face in our lives and pretends like these situations are not happening. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, it's happening. And the church act like it's not happening. And then we allow others to hijack. They hijack the subject and they redefine what it is. Watch this. And then we begin to base our lifestyles on the redefinition that's being given to the situations or the matters that we have to face and it's not even based on the word of God. And that's because the church won't address it or won't talk about it. But where are you supposed to learn? I could, I could imagine probably sitting in the room today that many of us did not get our first lesson about sex from home. Me, me, I did not have one class in my Masters of, of Divinity program that was on sex. Yet God was calling me to lead people who have to deal with it. I didn't have one class in the certificate program that I graduated from about sex. Yet I was going to have to lead people who have to deal with it. Amen. I was going to have young people who have to deal with it. And why should their first sex education class come in school? Okay, okay. Why should this first sex education class come from reality, reality TV? Amen. Or social media? Amen. Or internet? Amen. Oftentimes, oftentimes, depend on how you were raised, how you grew up, sex was not a subject matter that families talked about. I would say, and on many occasions, when it was discussed, it was discussed to be very shameful or something dirty. You were told, don't do it. You might get pregnant, ladies. Guys, girls, you might get an STD. So don't do it. But nobody takes the time to look at the context of how God addresses this subject. And I think it's unfortunate that we haven't done these things better. So then we leave it up to the streets, magazines, internet, friends who don't know, TV shows or pop culture, or schools which are only portraying the hottest agenda of the day. Why chance this to a culture 
that did not create it to now identify what it is instead of the word of God. Let me see if I can get you all to help me. Everybody say sex is good. Some of y'all tighten up, boy. Y'all tighten up. Some of y'all just tighten up. Ooh, can I say that in here? The pastor just asked you to say, sex is good. <laughs> well, the ones who may not even be in covenant talking more than the ones that are in covenant. Were the married people even talking just then? Yeah. <laughs> married folk, y'all should have been the loudest in the room. I was hearing young people over here. And I'm looking at some of the married people and I'm like, make sure your lips moving on this. But this, we're laughing, but this is the real stuff. Listen, in the context of, 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 of life, sex is good. Oh, I heard a witness in the back, boy. I heard a witness. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope. Long as you can, long as you got that contract, you can keep... Keep going there with me. Because, listen, we cannot allow pop culture to divine something they didn't create. And then we jump on the bandwagon of pop culture and we start following their lead on the subject matter, on the situation. And then we find ourselves now having to backtrack and rewind how many of you know, it's, and it's challenging to do. So this is why we're going to be talking about our, our title today is Encompassing Sex. Encompassing. Just for all my adults, I asked, I asked them to make sure that my teens stayed in the room today. And, and teens, listen, I need you to be mature enough to handle this. Because this stuff is wearing your little young life out. It's not just wearing your life out, but I'm just talking to you right now. Because it's wearing some of the older people's lives out too. And the church said... Everybody take a deep breath. Exhale. Lean on the person next to you and say, it's going to be all right. I was going to have them to throw a song on for me, but I was like, no, y'all might not be all right. So, so I didn't have them. Let's talk about something. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Y'all be wanting to shout uh-uh up in church, but then y'all leave church and y'all be shouting, let's talk about it. <laughs> if you ain't, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Guys, I'm, I, I, I sense I'm going to walk a lot today. And if, we, if I'm going to really uh, mess up the sound, I might have to go to a handheld because I, I know I'm going to walk. I, I already sense the need to draw close. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, Lord, I'm not going to be in your business personally, but I might, praise God. So... Oftentimes, we have received information that, I mean, I remember growing up, and I can remember having young ladies say that their parents would say they don't want them to have sex 
But then the parent would make a decision. But just in case, I'm going to put you on the pill. I don't want you to do it. But just in case, I'm going to provide you a way so you can have it. Which is it? You don't want me to or you're going to provide me a way so that I can? The guys were told, just make sure you wrap it up. Make sure you wrap it up. Make sure you put that Jimmy on. Keep that bag in your wallet. I, have, I did some research. I have some statistics that I was going to present to you. I, I'm, I'm choosing not to even do the statistics because I don't want it to throw you off. But guys, we have an epidemic going on. We have a sexual epidemic going on right now. Listen to me. Research, research, documented research that before kids are at the age of 13, 2017 information, before kids reach the age of 13, they have already had more than four different partners. And sometimes, 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 and we sit in church like this, and we, not my children. We pray not, praise God. We pray not. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And then, and then, and then parents, parents, to my parents, and then you act like you were so holy growing up that you didn't make no mistakes, and then you won't even share with your children the mistakes you did make. Maybe so they could have a measuring rod in the house. Maybe so that guilt and shame doesn't try to mark them. So that they could see, even if I messed up, you mean there's a recovery plan? Are y'all with me today? If you think about it, sexual orientation, sexual fantasy, sexual urges, sexual partners, and sexual frustrations have been hot topics over the past few years. And what has the church said about it? Mm -hmm. Whether openly or privately, these things are bombarding us and our children. Have you seen some of the reality TV shows? Have you seen some of the shows that's on network TV? Are you listening? Have you seen some of the stuff on Netflix? We sit in church and praise God and shout. Then people leave church struggling with being horny. What am I to do with this urge? Y'all real quiet in here today, boy. Y'all real quiet. Y'all know I like it when y'all get real quiet. That made me feel like I got everybody's attention. See, this is, I probably should have went on radio and put this out there that I was going to talk about sex and people would have came from everywhere. <laughs> but the truth is people actually need to hear a message on sex and they need to hear truth. Everybody say truth. truth. The Bible says the truth shall the truth you know. You can only be freed by truth that you know. Truth that you comprehend. Truth that you understand. So we're going to have to take a look at some things. Let me just blurt out some of this information. Statistical information. Listen to this. 3% of kids in Connecticut have had sexual intercourse before they were 13. 1.5% females, 4.2% males. 
7% have had more than four partners. 5.3% females, 8.1% males. 29% of white students say their sexual identity is heterosexual. 38% say they are gay, lesbian, or bisexual. 69% of white students in high school are having bisexual contact. 62% are having opposite sex only. 40% of Hispanic students say their sexual identity is heterosexual. 47% of Hispanic females say gay, lesbian, or bisexual. 75% have heterosexual contact. This is high school students. 82% of female have both. 37% of black students' sexual identity is heterosexual. Heterosexual. Watch this. Zero statistics for anything else. You better catch my drift. Black kids are not going to tell you, oh, I'm gay. Openly like that. Now, you got a real small minority that want to flaunt it and, you know, put it out there. But that's the minority. And they flaunt it and put it out there because they covering some stuff. Black high school students say, hmm? You're not getting me on record? <laughs> Pastor Candy, actually, I, could you see if I printed something up there with some statistical information I might just have to make available? Watch this. 77% of black students, or 37% of black students' sexual identity is heterosexual. 77% say they have opposite sex contact, and there was zero statistics for other categories. So as a result of the secrets that we have grown up with or kept to ourselves, many adults are dealing with very similar things even present day. If you ever told anyone you would be shamed for it or told that didn't happen, so it goes unaddressed. Many of, of the adults could not even talk about the things they experienced or went through because they didn't believe their parents would believe them if they were violated or they weren't comfortable enough in relationship with the parents to talk about what they did without feeling guilty over it. Mm. So we then do not get helped. On the count of three. I want you to say again, sex is good. One, two, three. Sex is good. Good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's some statistical information right there. Wow, okay. Let's go to the next level. Everybody say this. Sex, sex is God's idea. Not only is sex good, but sex is God's idea. And so you and I have to now come to terms that we have to now identify with what God has as an idea. There is something that is um, called the law of first mention. The law of first mention that the first time that you hear something sets the precedence or it becomes the foundation on which you build. So think about this. If the first time you heard about sex was not from a biblical worldview, then your foundation has been laid improperly. And when truth comes, truth now has to bounce against the foundation that's already been laid. But the only thing that can change a, a faulty foundation is truth. So some people need truth so that it can destroy the faulty foundation so they can then build on a solid foundation. That is some of the work I have to do even this morning is destroy some foundations that have been laid in many of our lives. Many of our lives. 
But the truth of God's word can destroy any pattern the enemy may have attempted to establish based on whoever shared sexual information with you first that may not have been accurate. It seems unfair that we are locked into a fight of what marked us first, and now we are contending with what you say the Bible says about sex. (laughs) So we must win this war against our mind. I said we got to win the war against our mind. Culture cannot define what they did not create. Sex is not shameful or dirty. It's a very beautiful, incredible thing as long as it is encompassed. Everybody say encompassed. Sex has to be encompassed. It is very powerful. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Even those of you who have had it outside of it being encompassing know that it can be very powerful. I heard you back there. Go in your Bibles, if you would, because I want to start somewhere with you. When I say it has to be encompassed, it has to be in God's context. So let's enjoy the word over in Genesis chapter number two. Go to Genesis chapter number two. If you let me know when you're there, give me a hearty amen. Amen. Please see if your neighbor has a Bible or device they can use for a Bible. If not, share yours with them. You guys know the Bible confession, right? I can do it if we need to, but I, I, I really would like to just keep moving forward. Are you there, Genesis 2? Beginning with verse number seven, Genesis chapter two, verse number seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Everybody say male man. This part of creation was God creating the male. Are you with me? Very, very important. So God forms the man in verse 15 after in verse number eight, God had planted a garden in verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So notice God forms the man, creates the male man. Then he gives the male man some responsibilities. Notice he gets some responsibilities before he can handle a woman. God gives him some responsibilities to make sure he qualifies and handle a garden before he can handle a woman. And we got a lot of boys and kids trying to handle gardens that are women and they've never tend to a garden to be responsible for. Let's let's go ahead and move on down a little bit. And uh, let's just look at uh, verse. Well, before we get there, before we get there, look at verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. And the Lord God said after he gave man some responsibility, starts allowing man, release man to work in the fields and see how man would handle his responsibility. The Lord God then says the the man it's not good that man should be alone. Watch this. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Everybody say, you got to read your Bible when you read your Bible. You got to read your Bible when you read the Bible. And sometimes we don't read. We just read through things or read by things. So, So God did not want man to be alone. So he made a helper comparable. Watch this. When God uses that word helper or comparable, it means one that is similar, like yet different from. Can all the men give me a hearty amen that God was so wise in his infinite wisdom to make a woman that would be like him yet different from him? Amen. 
only an incredible God, watch this, could now do something so phenomenal that when it came to the woman, he formed the man out of the dust. But when it came to him and put and used what he took out of man to make a woman, watch this. When he made the woman, he made the woman that she would look like the man. She would be similar to the man. She would be comparable. to walk so adjust house whatever I'm going to walk praise God um, he made her similar like comparable so that she would be a perfect fit for man and I mean a perfect fit no some of y'all didn't even, I mean a perfect fit praise God he would fit her. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Watch what God does because he's so in love with man. Verse number 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. And every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Notice that God, notice that God created everything else out of the ground from which he created man from. And he brought everything else that he created <laughs> that had the potential or possibility to be like man, but it was animal nature. To see what Adam would call it. And Adam looked at all those things that God presented to him and called them something and recognized that none of them fit him. And when he recognized that none of them fit him, watch this. Verse seven, Adam, to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name, its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. <laughs> so God got jokes. None of this stuff fit man. God, what you going to do? Next verse, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made. Everybody say he made. He made, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. Just like he had brought all the animals to the man. He brought her to the man. Now watch this. Something that God took away from man. He then presents back to the man in a different form, in a different fashion, looking better than it ever looked while it was in him. So man wakes up realizing I'm missing something. And God said, boy, I got what you're missing. Brings her right to him. And Adam looks at what God is presenting and says, Suck it, suck it now. <laughs> God, you're the bomb, you're the bomb, you're the bomb. God, you my main man. Look her here, look her here. You done made for me a womb man. Woo-woo! As a matter of fact, I believe, you know, Adam being from my, from my wood, he from my hood, uh, Adam probably woke up, he looked at what God presented and was like, 
That's for me. I think I have that. Yeah, God. You my boy. You my boy. You my man, God. You my boy. You look after me. Watch this. And Adam says, my God, this is now bone of my bone. I believe Adam was a poet. I think in rhythmic poetry, Adam begins to talk about this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, bone on the inside, flesh on the outside. I love this girl from the inside to the outside. She fine as wine and it's all mine. <laughs> Adam was breaking down some things because Adam realized that God had now favored him in a way. Y'all don't believe it's in scriptures. It's right there in verse 23. All what pastor was just talking about, that rhythmic poetry right there. You can see it. But watch this. When God made him this helper, similar to him or like him, there's a Hebrew word called dama. Dama, D-A-M-A-H, dama. It means to be like or to resemble. So woman resembled man. Hmm. Ladies, aren't you glad that God in his infinite wisdom knew how to make you different from the male man so you would fit so that you would fit him very well? Come on, ladies, talk to me. This is how your God made you. So very important, very important. So now watch. Now God has his male man. He has the female man on the scene. Now go back, if you would, to Genesis 1, because I want you to see something. I want you to see the very first command that God, <laughs> that God gives to mankind. Genesis chapter 1. Are you there? You're familiar with this. Verse 28. Oh, let's just back up a little bit. Let's just back up for, to 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, notice this. God said, let us make man. And because God didn't want you to get confused and to think he was just talking about a male man when he said, let us make man, he goes on to clarify what he was communicating. So God created man in his own image, verse 27, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So when you see man there, God is talking about mankind. And he lets you know he's talking about mankind because he goes on to say he created them, male and female. Are you hearing me? So male and female is created. Verse 28, then God Bless them. Who did he bless? Bless them, male and female. Watch this. And God said to them, watch what God said to them. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice that God gives them a command after he gave them the blessing. He gave them the blessing. And then God said. <laughs> Watch this. This was not a mathematical equation. Four times four, 16. No, this wasn't that. This was not an agricultural meaning. Wasn't that. God said, I want you. Now that you have the blessing on you, I want you to go have lots of children. Y'all missed it. You can't have children without having. Oh, some of y'all good, some, some good students, praise God. Some of y'all good students. So God's command was for them to go have sex. Kalabasha. After God blesses male and female, he commands them, go have sex. 
Watch this. If sex is not encompassed, meaning have it encircled by the covenant called marriage, then people will get out of bounds with it and they may start having something that God intended to be a blessing in the covenant of marriage. But when you bring it from being encompassed in marriage, you then get something that's not good for you. It becomes just like a luscious fruit on the tree that you're not supposed to have. But we got a lot of folks that's pulling off that tree. This is the word. The CEV says, the, the contemporary uh, version of the Bible says, God gave them his blessing and said, have lots of children. Fill the earth with people and bring it under your control. In the RJS version, God said, Adam, it's your honeymoon, son. Go ahead and put it down, boy. Do your thing. That was the RJS version. Y'all hadn't read that one before, huh? That's my version. <laughs> RJS version is my version. <laughs> I, I hear you. God don't talk like that. That's how my God talked to me because he know what hood I'm from. So God talked to me. He's like, Boy, you better... Put in work, son. I understand. I understand for some of you, for some of you, you, you need the voice of God to say. Now, now, Adam. Son, I created this moment. So that you can go. And receive the benefits that comes with being married. I've made the moment for you. Adam, it's your time. I want you to enjoy the pleasure that comes from having sex with your wife. And as a result of the pleasure, I want you to enjoy the beautiful children. That may be how you needed God to talk to you, so. Want to make it available, whatever version. But God from my set, he, he know where I'm from, so he got to talk to me in language I understand. See, when I read the Bible, I hear him talking in my context. Keeps meaning for me, keeps meaning for me. Now watch this. God created this in the context of marriage. Our minds have been so distorted because of perversion in this particular area that people have taken sex out of the proper context. So instead of this being good, we see it as shameful and dark. Uh, that's why people are always trying to get you to slide up in their DM and send them a photo. That's why, that's why some, some people try to creep in the dark, to go places, to do things in the dark. And they do it in the dark because they know it's supposed to be encompassed in something. And they don't have the criteria in order to enjoy what God's given. So they fake it like they really enjoy it. And when it's over, they got heartaches. In particular, if the person don't want nothing else from you. Wow. <sighs> Are we okay? I did tell you this PG-13, right? I gave myself the grade PG-13 just in case. Huh? I, I didn't want to say it's PG and then it's PG-13 and then y'all might send some emails back saying, Pastor, that was a little more. Than, so I wanted to cover myself. It's PG-13. So watch this now. 
This is why we encompass sex so that it can be controlled and bring glory to God. Think about the fruits of the spirit. Starts with love and ends with self-control. Whenever there is no self-control, love will get very, very fleshly. When there's no self-control. Now, please, I want you to make sure you hear my heart. I'm not sharing this to bring any shame or throw any throw any shade at anybody. This is not to make you feel guilty about anything. I need you to understand that God is a redeemer and he can redeem all things. You're looking at an individual that God redeemed and removed the shame and the stain that came with things I did. That's why I can talk so for real and seriously about this. Not afraid of it because God freed me from it. Are you hearing me? Go if you would, go if you would to uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse number 6. Mark chapter 10, verse number 6. Man. So first we see sex is God's idea. Next we see sex has been distorted. Sex has been distorted. Can you say that? Sex has been distorted. God knows our desires, our parts, what moves us because he created us. Mm -hmm. And watch this over in Mark chapter number 10. And we'll look at verse number six, Mark chapter number 10, verse number six. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, notice this. The only reason you should be leaving your parents covering. Is when you are married. The very next phrase says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined. Everybody say be joined. Be joined to his wife, not his girlfriend. That's right. That's right. Not his boo. You can't play marriage. Well, we close and we're so close and, and we can, I don't care that about all that. Watch this. To be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Mm, mm, mm. So marriage is the only reason you leave your father and mother. And that, this is what I need us to catch. It's not the day. When everybody shows up for the beautiful ceremony, it's not the white dress, it's not the rings, it's not the bridesmaids, it's not the groomsmen, it's not the walk down the aisle, it's not them coming together, it's not the preacher giving the vows. None of that has anything to do with what God recognizes marriage. Everybody say, that's for us. So all that is for us. And that's what we recognize. God says, I recognize this marriage when the two are joined together by having sex. When, when you get counsel from these pastors and, and you're preparing for marriage, we tell you, we tell you. Listen, on your wedding day, on your wedding day, don't you, don't you stay at the daggone reception all day, all night, getting yourself worn out and all tired because you dancing with everybody and hanging out. That's for them. That's for them. Let them enjoy it and celebrate on your behalf. But you done waited for this moment. 
See, see, see how religious folks are. Y'all can't even talk. Y'all. Can I say amen? You waited for this moment. Why are you going to stay there all night with them, get worn out, and then get back somewhere? And... The devil is like, wake up. We ain't married yet. We ain't married yet. Wake up. We ain't married yet. That was for them. Praise God. We ain't married yet. No, no, no. We got to be joined. <laughs> we got to connect for real, for real. We connected one time, you know, we was emotionally connected. Yeah, but uh, nah. I can't, I'm, I'm not talking about nobody else. I can talk about me. I can talk about us because... I'm all right. I think she'll be all right. But um, <laughs> we had worked so hard the night before our wedding. You see, you see her head, y'all, because y'all usually pay attention to it. So you see her head. We had worked so hard the night before our wedding. We were exhausted. We had worked cleaning things up. God had told us to take on the responsibility of our marriage so He could get the glory out of it. He didn't want it to be about the fancy ring, the fancy dress, all that. He told us to keep it honorable to him and give, let him get the glory. And watch this. And even gave me a word and said, son, if you and your if you and Candy will honor me in this, I will make all your heathen friends cry before me. Wow. It's on our video. It's on our wedding video. All my all, all the fellas in my in my wedding party, heathens. Some of them might have been their first time in church, praise God. <laughs> and you can see on the wedding video, they just boo-hooing, crying. And I, and I showed it out, because I showed it to them, because they used to give me a hard time because I had committed my life and committed my heart to the things of God. And they used to give, how you know it's God? You know, they used to put me through the ringer and challenge me and do all that. So I was like, yeah, I got this moment forever. <laughs> Jack, look at you. <laughs> Wiping your nose, your nose running. You're crying so hard. <laughs> but we were at the moment, man, we done danced, we done had a good time. And I'm thinking, I'm glad to be with them, but I want to be with you. You ready to go? She was like, I'm ready to go. I was like, I'm ready to go. Let, let's kiss them and say bye, because... We need to go. We need to go like now. Oh, see, see, when you've waited. No, see, y'all, 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 y'all don't know nothing. When you have waited. Okay, let me let me rewind. When you have messed up before, and now you commit yourself to get it right finally. And now you have waited for the moment. You better believe I was very much aware that, hey, that ceremony was about them. This ceremony about to be about us. And glory to God, this is pastor word. It may not be for everybody else, but I tell people, you ain't really spoken tongues until you get married and you. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> you may not even be filled with the Holy Spirit, but boy, you get married. Woo-sa. Hot sauce, boy. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Glory to God. Hey, now. Hey, now. I, I use the term sex because that's what everybody identify with. But I really don't talk about sex in marriage. I talk about making love. Because animals have sex. But unfortunately, we got a lot of people that function like animals. Humans. Golly. Boy, I tell you, the Holy Spirit done showed up for y'all today. He sped that clock up. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You have something? No? Yes, ma'am. I feel you. Golly. 
How many of you, how many of you would do pastor a favor and come back next week? Listen, 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 listen. No, 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 no. Listen, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. For real, for real. I was kind of just checking out where y'all were before I go where I have to go. I wanted to make sure y'all could handle the conversation. For me, for me, this is, for me, me and Pastor Candy, we came into a covenant agreement that we might not have done things right in our lives the way God may have wanted us to, but we was not going to allow that to be our children's situation, that we were going to have conversation with them, open, real conversation. Here was my commitment. I promised God long ago, before I ever met you, before I ever started pastoring, God, if you put young people around me, I'm going to tell them the truth. Because people lied to me. My father lied to me. My brothers were lying to me. My brothers had me doing stuff that I had no business doing. And none of them realized they were opening doors to my life that was letting all kind of demons in my life that was about to destroy my life. So I committed to God long ago that if he put young people around me, teenagers, young adults, that I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to have real conversations. Ramel sitting right there. Mel, did pastor tell you how old he was when he had his first sexual encounter? I tell truth. Why? I don't want them to live a lie. We allow children to live lies and they haphazardly are doing stuff. I got to stop. I'm out of time. So will you come back? Can I get a, can I get a show of hands if you can come back next week and get, and get the rest of this? Hey, listen, listen. Hey, you might, you might want to go on social media and, and, and bump somebody and say, yo, you might want to come to 327 Huntington Street next Sunday, 10 o'clock. I'm telling you, it's going down. S-E-X, all capital letters, praise God. <laughs> you just hang it out there for them, hang it out there. You let their mind go wherever it want to go, and then you let them come here and, and get some biblical education. Was this all right this morning, guys? Was this all right? Amen.